podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The wisest idea. It's pretty incredible this so far, and Gomez is coming on strong, and Arthur is going through a crisis. A big crisis here, he's been hurt by every left hook. And this, I'm afraid, puts big question marks about his punch resistance. and a very warm welcome to another episode of Punches from the Past where we delve into the historical archives and take a closer look at fights from boxing's rich and multi-layered history. My name's Steve Wellings and I'm joined in conversation by Andy Patterson, Kurt Ward and David Lee. Don't forget to check out our previous episodes, we've got some crackers among them including Oscar De La Hoya, Sugar Shane Mosley, Klitschko Lewis and most recently the Pavlik vs Taylor scrap and much much more. You can find those over on iTunes, through Tumblr for download, and over on the Facebook page as a direct listen. This week, we're going to travel back in time to the 25th of October 2003 and the Meadowbank Sports Centre in Edinburgh, where Alex Arthur defended his British Super Featherweight title and WBA Intercontinental Bauble against Michael Gomez in front of a passionate Scottish crowd. Now, coming into this bout, Arthur was one of the rising stars of Sky Sports Boxing, They'd invested quite a lot of viewing time into their prospects. He was 16-0 with 14 knockouts on his impressive record at the time. Gomez, on the other hand, was at one of his numerous career crossroads. An eccentric character, Michael Armstrong, was born in Ireland with his mother reportedly giving birth to him in the back of a car. And when it came to turning pro, he was unable to register his name as there was already a Michael Armstrong on the British Boxing Board of Control register and on the pro circuit. So the same rule that led us to having a Steve Spart Steve Spartacus on the, on the domestic circuit introduced Michael Gomez to the world. 
He was named after the great Wilfredo and turned pro in Manchester's GMEX Centre in June 1995. After a sketchy early start, Gomez had excelled at British title level before shock losses to Laszlo Bognar and the talented Kevin Lear, who later retired undefeated due to persistent injuries, saw Gomez as possible damaged goods when entering the ring against Arthur on that cold October evening. Andy, first word to you, sir. A bit of background on Alex Arthur leading up to this scrap. Yeah, cheers, Steve. Yeah, as you say, Alex Arthur was obviously kind of like the golden boy coming up through the British ranks at that time. Um, I think he was 20 years of age as a, as an amateur. He won Commonwealth gold medal over in Kuala Lumpur. I think he beat Canada's uh, Matty O'Donnell, I think it was. And, uh, you know, he, he came back. I remember actually remembering some of the, the STV news actually came back to, like, say, you know, a sort of kind of hero's welcome, shall we say. You know, a lot of reporters, a lot of pictures. And he, he, was, he was a guy who knew, he, who, who could talk, basically, you know, but he also had a, a cockiness and an arrogance about him and stuff, which, uh, he probably would say later in his career, maybe going into that fight, actually, it probably was, you know, maybe the best thing that happened to him, actually, that fight, the Gomez fight. Um, the ironic thing was, he actually lost out on his chance to go to Sydney, actually, at the Olympic Games, because at that time, after winning the Commonwealth gold, Arthur was actually the number one ranked British amateur. And uh, it, was, it was believed at the time that winning Commonwealth gold was enough for him to actually get the qualification spot for Sydney. Uh, he was told to basically go away on holiday, and he did so for about three weeks, and they come back, and uh, he was basically told, he was under impression, basically, I'm sorry, he was told basically three weeks to prepare for an Olympic qualifier in Germany, and because uh, the rules system had basically changed, so he had, like, I think he had, like, three weeks basically to get in shape for the fight, and uh, apparently, according to people who were there, he won the fight, and uh, it was he was basically robbed and lost his spot, and ended up having to watch the finals on the... Uh, on TV, unfortunately. Um, you know, as you say, his, his reputation was escalating, but uh, as I did say as well, as I think Arthur kind of found it kind of difficult just to just interact, you know, a bit of his demeanour, shall we say. You know, he was, as I say, cocky and a bit, you know, shall we say, brash. Uh, and interestingly enough, actually got into that, into that fight. He was actually training with Freddie Roach at the time, but uh, for whatever reason or another, uh, his old trainer, Terry McCormick, ended up in the corner with him for that fight. Yeah, I think it was like um, he was effectively training with Roach by telephone or something. Roach was giving him instructions over the phone while he was in the gym, Andy, or something I'd heard, strange. I'd, yeah, I'd heard something like that as well, mate. I haven't, I've, I've not been able to read up on it kind of fully in that. But, you know, after I went through a lot of trainers, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, I forget who all. I mean, I, I know he, he, spent, as you say, he spent some time with Roach. He'd been with Billy Nelson. Wayne uh, McCulloch, I think, actually trained him for one of his European title fights. I think, I think he did, mate. I was say Billy Nelson, I say Terry McCormick. Obviously, I think Terry McCormick kind of brought him up. Uh, something that rings in my bell about Lou Duva, possibly as well. And I think Jimmy Tibbs was also involved somewhere along the line. So he'd been through the trainers and stuff, you know. And uh, as I say, very, very good boxer at times, but there was always that question mark, uh, just you know, how strong he was, you know, basically really about the chin and stuff, because it was basically perceived he was a little bit chinny, and uh, as, as, as we'll later speak about actually, you know, Gomez basically checked that chin pretty early doors in that first, that first round. Dave, while Arthur was obviously the golden boy built up um, from scratch, and as we said, Sky had a lot of interest in him, Gomez, as I alluded to in the introduction, this is the guy who'd lost three of his first seven fights and had gone on a little bit of a streak a bit, and just picked up titles on the way. And But he'd suffered a couple of defeats as well, and he was seen as damaged goods, really. But he wasn't the guy who was being built up for any Olympics or anything like that. He was a rough-and-ready character from the streets of Manchester. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, where, where do you start with Michael Gomez? I mean, I just said he was born in the backseat of a car. Um, I, I always liken him, I always said with Gomez, he's kind of like our version of uh, Johnny Tapia, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, my, minus, thankfully, the tragic ending. But, you know, you know, born in the backseat of a car and that set the stage for what would be, you know, a turbulent upbringing and just a, a turbulent life in general full of hard knocks. Um, you know, he spent much of his childhood in various children's homes. Um, and, of course, as an adult, he had well-documented issues with alcohol and drugs. I mean, as well as being cleared of a murder charge in the, mid-ni- in the mid-90s, uh, he was also knifed in a street of fight in the midst of his pro career. And he was actually clinically dead for over two minutes on the operating table. I mean, you constantly hear about these manufactured tales, you know, with various celebrities living a quote-unquote hard life. But, Jesus, Gomez genuinely lived a hard life, didn't he? You know, in, t- in terms of his actual boxing career, I suppose for new listeners, or you know, newcomers to the sport, rather, I suppose you'd liken him domestically to someone like Derry Matthews, wouldn't you? In the sense that no matter how many times it got beaten, he just, see- he just seemed to keep on coming back, and you could never write him off. Like, for instance, um, you mentioned the uh, Kevin Lear fight, uh, Steve. And, you know, of course, that was on the undercard of uh, Ricky Hatton's fight with Emma McGee. And he was completely and utterly outclassed in that fight. I mean, Lear just took him to the cleaners, battering him with the jab, you know, wicked combinations. And, you know, it, it forced Gomez's trainer, Brian Hughes, to retire um, Gomez in the corner. Yeah. Um, Lear, by the way, as you said, you know, exceptional talent. He's very uh, good, I'm, wasn't he, Lear? Very good uh, shoulder uh, problems, I'm, yeah. Steve, I'm convinced Lear would have gone a very long way in the sport. Um, as you said, shoulder injuries, you know, re- reoccurring um, uh, issues with the shoulder, and it just forced him to retire. I think he only had like one or two fights after the, the Gomez um, win, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. That's but, correct, yeah. Yeah, he, he looked the business, uh, but you know, I think it's not, not, not to get too far off topic. Um, you know, after the Lear defeat, you'd think, okay, that's it for Gomez now, because he did look, as you say, like damaged goods. Uh, it was a really one-sided shellacking in that fight, but no, you know he, he had a he had a run of you know three fairly uh, nondescript wins before meeting the uh, undefeated Alex Arthur, and he pretty much shown he showed everyone who had written him off that there was still a good bit left in the tank. You know? It's actually incredible actually to think that people were actually talking about Michael Gomez being shot going into that fight, even though at the age of twenty-six. But then he actually delved into his 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 record, watch some of his fights and stuff. You know, he debuted in '95, while Arthur debuted in 2000. And by that point, I think they had the uh, Gomez had 33 fights in 160 rounds he'd boxed. You know, so basically he kind of like learned on the job and that as well. But you know, if you look at some of his fights, he was in some brutal slugfests. And as well as that, Andy, you know, he, he lived the let's, the let's hard face life. It, lived the hard life and a lot of bad living as well. You know, he. He wasn't, the, he wasn't exactly, and he, he'll admit this himself, he wasn't the consummate pro. You know, he spent a lot of his night, nights out boozing, drinking, eating, you know, crap food. You know, he just wasn't the living the life at all. Um, Arthur, in contrast, you know, you, you, you spoke about him there, uh, you know, great background there, Andy, with his amateur career. As you said, you know, Sky were really giving him the star treatment. Uh, you know, I mentioned a few episodes back about uh, Ryan Rhodes and how he was getting hyped up. And Arthur, you know, Arthur was the same. You know, Sky were really pushing him. You know, they were featuring him on rings, the, their ringside show prominently back then. And they were giving him chief billing to Scott Harrison's world title fights. And he did seem to be justifying it in the ring. I mean, as you mentioned, he won the British Super Featherweight title. And I think it was only his 13th fight, I believe. I think he would have won, won it outright against Gomez as well. He, he would have won, won it outright against Gomez. You're right there, Andy. Yeah. And, 
you know, he, he beat a couple of decent names, you know, like your Carl Greaves, Steve Conway's, but not only beating them, but beating them impressively as well. And of course, he also had uh, an unbeaten rival around that time period by the name of Willie Lemond, who I'm sure we're all aware of. Now, these two were constantly, constantly linked to each other as well, and this fight was on off, on off for a while, but eventually did happen. And, you know, Arthur simply had too much for Lemon, didn't he? He was stopping him in at rounds, and Lemon was severely outgunned. Um, there was one fight, though, prior to the Gomez meeting, which did raise my eyebrows somewhat about Arthur. That was when he fought Patrick Malinga on yes. the undercard to Scott Harris. Showed didn't he, in that one? Absolutely, Steve, yeah. No, I was there um, for the Harrison-McCullough fight. And, you know, he, he did show star quality, but he was just getting tagged too cleanly, wasn't he? And he even got buzzed slightly at one point. And I thought to myself, even then watching a fight, this kid's too easy to hit. And, you know, as we're going to, as we're going to uh, discuss today, those defensive deficiencies that we saw in the Malinga fight would rear their head again in the Gomez fight. Yeah, Kurt, um, that the Malinga fight was definitely... I couldn't remember which fight it was leading in that, that he'd had so much problems with, but as Dave rightly says, it was the Malinga fight. And the Willie Lemon fight was a good one as well. Lemon's manager really fancied that one. I think he'd pumped thousands on his man to win that one. But it became obvious that Willie hadn't got the power to hurt Arthur, but Arthur, massive puncher at that level, was really hurting Willie from the beginning and put on a very good performance. So going into the Gomez fight, Kurt... Uh, Arthur was a sort of resounding favourite, really. But I thought early on in the first round, for example, Arthur looked quite tense, I thought, a little bit static. Maybe the occasion was starting to get to him, even from those early stages. I think going into the fight, you can see why Arthur was, was favoured. You know, he he was the better boxer. He was on the rise. You know, as been mentioned, um, Gomez was on the, you know, he was a fading fighter, but I think straight away, as the the the, the fight, um, I think Gomez said, you know, he'd retire if he lost. And I think when when a boxer says that, you either get a guy who just looks like he's got nothing left, or you get a guy who just fights like literally is, this is do or die. And I think Gomez showed straight from the off, he he he's given this absolutely everything, and he just went straight for um, Arthur. And within I think the first twenty seconds, he hurt him with a left hook, and that left hook, as soon as he hurt him with that, it was there for him. We'll get into it, but it was there for him all, all fight basically. And once once he knew he hurt Arthur, and I think Arthur knew, I think it was a, a much different fight. I mean, Arthur beforehand was, you know, in the press conference and stuff, he was basically saying this would be an easy fight. I, I can win this fight any way I want. Um, you know, it was a routine fight for him. And I think Gomez was, you know, as, as has been mentioned, he had a hard life and he wasn't a guy who was just going to turn up and just, you know, not give it everything. And no, he was really pissed off by a lot of the comments Arthur said. And it made for a great, you know, build-up and a great fight. And, you know, I mean, the fight only went five rounds, but it, it's a great fight. And, um, yeah, I mean, Gomez just went straight at him. And I think that the main difference was, whereas Arthur might have been the better boxer, you know, he's got nice jab, nice combinations. He was upright and straight up and he was easy to hit. Whereas Gomez... As he walked forward and put a lot of pressure on, he was just constantly moving his head, constantly moving upper body, a bit like a, a Ricky Hatton type style, constantly moving, making it very difficult to land clean on it with it. But while he had the earmuffs on, and he was just unloading bombs pretty much straight away. And I mean, the first first round was just what, what, what showed what the fight was going to be like. It was just two guys who really had to put it all on the line. And I think Arthur knew straight away that this weren't going to be a routine fight. And he would have to go into the trenches to win it, which he said, no, I don't think he wanted to do. Well He's been a splendid official over the years. The man from 
Michael Gomez on the night that the clocks go back an hour will hope that they can go back for three years to the days when he was ripping men apart as the British champion himself. But it's Arthur who has the crown at the moment in the white trucks. You know what you're going to get from Gomez and he gets it with a left hook early and he's seen down to the back and Arthur's shaken up by a right hand as well. It's a bad start for Alex Arthur. Those punches have hurt him. This is his biggest test, all right, and Gomez has made a great start, ripping home shots in the opening 20, 30 seconds of the fight. What a start, then. Unbelievable start. Tremendous left hook from Michael Gomez, and he caught Arthur Flush, and the legs went wooden there. And a bad start for him. He's got to get through this, standing very tall, and that chin is in the air. Yeah, I think upright is a good uh, description, Kurt. We always knew Arthur was a little bit upright, but on this occasion, his flaws and his deficiencies were just there for everyone to see. Wide open, couldn't get out of the way of that left hook. Gomez bounced it off him in the first round and hurt him, as you said. And Arthur just wasn't able to get the punches off. He seemed to have a, f a funny grin on his face. I think it was more nerves than anything. He was even talking to the uh, people at ringside and the commentators later on in the fight. I just think the occasion got to him a little bit, but it was Gomez's punching power. And also his head movement, his shoulder rolling, like you said. He boxed really well. He wasn't just an out-and-out -out slugger's performance, guys. But Gomez really did have a tactical plan. He was hurt at times, though. He admitted himself during the fight. But his punching power and Arthur's inability to move the head and get out of the way of the shots was just too much for him. I, don't, I remember... Uh... I remember reading after the fight that obviously we'll get back I'll get back to the, the fight yourself, but Arthur mentioned after after the fight that, you know, he'd, his training and his preparation was not all that great and stuff and he'd been sparring with amateurs and all that sort of stuff. Well, if that is the case, then okay. But then if you compare and contrast what Michael Gomez's camp was all about, he was training with Ricky Hart and he was sparring with Ricky Hart actually, because I think Hart was in camp for the Ben Taki fight at that time, I think. So, you know, that's that's good quality sparring for for Gomez, and I think, he, as you say, is, you know, he came out in that first round, you know, he knew his career was on the line, actually, so he came out there, but as you say, I think he buckled Arthur in the first 30 seconds, but uh, even though Arthur was hurt, I kind of did think in the second round, you know, he, he regrouped pretty well, you know, it was, okay, the atmosphere, was, it, was, it was passionate, you know, they were wanting war, wanting blood, and uh, they basically got it, actually, but, you know, as I say, round two, Arthur, I thought, pretty well got his, got his foot into the fight, anyway, after a dodgy first round, but, you know, and in the start of the third, I thought he was doing pretty well for the first minute or so. Then, you know, Gomez just walked right up to him. I think, or maybe even Arthur, maybe just stayed in the pocket just for a fraction, just too long, just to just to let Gomez unload some arsehole winders or left hooks and stuff. And then I think it was a massive left hook against the ropes. I think it even may even cut Alex Arthur at that time. Actually, he really didn't see his bother. And then it just left hooks galore from Gomez. You know, he just basically battered that. Alex Arthur over the ring, you know, he tries to fight back on instinct at the same time, but, you know, there could have been a solid cry, actually. I, I, I don't know what, what you guys think, but, you know, I, I know Glenn McClory was quite critical during the commentary and stuff, but do you think at round three there was a good chance that a fight could have been stopped? It could have definitely justified, justifiably been stopped in the third round. I just, you know, think because of Arthur's... Uh... You know, star power. He he was the guy under eyes. He was the guy getting the royal treatment, and of course, it was in his backyard as well. Yep. I think uh, referee John Coyle was going to give him every last chance, and of course, we saw that to his detriment in the fifth round, uh, which we will get to shortly. But yeah, as you mentioned, um, as you said yourself, Andy, round two was actually um some masterful boxing from Arthur mm -hmm. in that round. You Good know, job. Time, time the job. Good, good work with 
good work with the jab, some eye-catching com uh, eye combinations. Yeah, he was actually switch-hitting at one point as well, and he was just looking mm -hmm. super confident. And I remember watching it live, thinking to myself, okay, you know, after he's got himself together now, and um, he'll, he'll, find, he'll find the answer. This is great stuff from Arthur. Combination punching off the jab, and he smiles at somebody at ringside. I think it was Barry McGuigan. This is textbook stuff here from Arthur in round two. Has to get past that jab. He's close with this. Well, as I just said, third round, those defensive frailties once again reared their head. And you know, you can just you can just sum up the you can just sum up um, Gomez's offense in one, you know, in, in, in as you know, left hook, left hook, left hook, and that's what it was. And uh, Gomez said himself in, in the post for interview, he did get hook happy, but you know, why not? Because he couldn't miss with a shaking shot. I don't think he could believe himself how easy it was. To land, I mean, I, I just couldn't believe watching it that they did, they weren't, you know, somehow trying to get him to stop it. I mean, he, he, every time he threw it, he, he was landing. It wasn't exactly like he was using, you know, great technique. He was literally just winging it in every time. Why not? He was landing every time. And I know people mentioned that Arthur's chin, but I tell you what, for a guy who left his chin up there and he was taking some massive shots, and to go five rounds taking the shots he did, and he was still having some bit of success as well. I mean, his, his chin took a hell of a beating and he was still standing until, till, you know, he couldn't go no more. So I think that's a bit harsh to say, you know, he had a dodgy chin, which Sky were basically saying as soon as he was hurt in the first round, really. I, I was just going to say, um, Kurt, uh, you, you raised a very good point there. Ian Dark was um, kind of on about Arthur's punch resistance and Arthur's chin. And for goodness sake, I mean, he was taking flush shots for five rounds. And, of course, the accumulation eventually got to Arthur, as it, as it, as it of course, it would have. But you know, as you said, he took some really, he took some right haymakers from yeah. Gomez, and you know, Gomez is a big puncher at that level, at least. I think, I think he may have just went with that narrative, mate, because I think Arthur was hurt, you know, so early in the fight. You know, maybe that was just the kind of last impression. Because you, if, you, if you remember it, actually, you know, I think it might even dipped Arthur's uh, back foot, and he kind of did stagger across the across the ring. So maybe that was just sticking in Dart's mind. Yeah, possibly, but you know, I mean, I just think it was the the, the defense or lack thereof. I mean, he was just getting caught flush, uh, you know, too often. And there was just, there was that one point as well in the third round where he was hanging on to Gomez, and you could just see Arthur kind of staring vacantly into space. I mean, he didn't know where he was. As you said, he was fighting on instinct for most of the fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with Arthur's chin. I agree with you, Dave. I think it was his defence that was the problem. The punches were getting through too easily, but when they hit him on the chin, for the most part, he, he was he was staggered, he was struggling at times, but he showed real warrior spirit. He wasn't just the pretty boy with the, the nice haircut and the, the sort of chiselled physique. He showed real balls in that fight, I thought. And he, he fought back in the fourth round. He actually stunned Gomez. And to Gomez's yeah. credit, it wasn't just all plain sailing for him. He was hurt himself in that fourth round, but he came back. And, and he kept on landing the left hook on Arthur, but definitely Arthur's fighting spirit and his punch resistance can't be questioned for me. Definitely yeah, not, mate. Definitely not. Yeah, he walked. Gomez walked onto a big left, didn't he, in the fourth round, and he had to he had to hold on for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, and you know, they so even he... they mentioned Arthur's, you know, was it his reach? He's like heavyweights, Joe Fraser and Scott or something. You know, he obviously wanted to keep it a, a boxing match and keep him at length. But he, you know, credit to Gomez, he's you know his style and his game plan. It just it made him. You know, if Arthur, he basically said to Arthur, "You're going to win this fight. You're going to have to fight me and you know go to war and beat me like that because you're not going to beat me just jabbing me and moving and going to a, a point swing." And you know, Arthur, he had to dig deep. He had no choice. The crowd were roaring him on, and you know, he, he gave it absolutely everything. And I mean. 
after the fourth round, although he'd taken a, a lot of big punches, I felt like Arthur was still in with a chance, even though Sky had basically written him off, because to me, Gomez looked like he was really struggling to keep the pace that he'd set for the four rounds, and he was like, he was, he was hurt a couple of times himself, and he was holding on a couple of times when he got close, and I just thought, if Arthur could have got f- through, maybe, and started landing a few more of his big shots, the tide could turn, but obviously, you know, Gomez, credit to him, once he had his man hurt, he, he got rid of him. I think by the fifth round, the damage was done, though. Um, you know, I, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, Gomez, I think in the fifth round, which proved to be the final round, uh, did look to be feeling the pace somewhat. And he actually, at one point, kind of crouched down on the ropes uh, after a barrage of shots from Arthur. But I think he was kind of biding his time as well to wait for that next, uh, you know, again, left hook. <laughs> yeah, because after, after had nothing that after. Because if you look at that sequence in there, I think, as you say, Aki was hurt. Might be in a body shot, maybe a left hook. But if you look at him, the way he crouched down, Arthur never really kind of followed up with anything substantial. Okay, there was a few no. punches thrown, but he didn't really kind of put a sustained attack in because maybe about 20 seconds, there wasn't really much getting done, and then the fight came, they went, they went back at the centre ring, you know? So Yeah, I, th- I think by that point, Andy, the fight had been pretty much punched out of Arthur. And, of course, you know, he, he was, you know, Gomez timed a beautiful left uh, hand, which, um, you know, sent Arthur reeling back and crashing to the canvas. And again, you know, that inexperience from Arthur, the first thing he did, what did he do? You know, he looked at the camera. Looked at the camera, smiled at it, <laughs> and he got up way too quickly. You know, the, the complete antithesis of uh, Jorge Linares against Kevin Mitchell. You know, whereas you know <laughs> Linares took the knee and bided his time. Arthur was up like a shot all over the place, and you know, unfortunately, you know, for him, got sent down again. Again, got up too quickly. But I think that I mean, he he was obviously in bad shape, and I think after the second knockdown, definitely. Uh, Kyle should have started. Oh, yeah. Oh, and this guy he does go down for the future. It had to happen sooner or later. He's got up quickly and talks to somebody and thinks that he got up too quickly, I think. Too quickly. Should have waited for eight. And he talked to the camera. Surely now Gomez will do it. Yeah, he's down again. He's down again. And he gets up too quickly again. And he doesn't know where he is. We talk about British stoppages, don't we, guys? But Wolverhampton's own John Coyle. There was well, certainly no British stoppage here. Absolutely no. I mean, I think it was his last British title fix. Yes, I think the sixty-five yeah. rule was coming up at that point. But uh, as David says, you know, I think it was, it was a thud and left hook that basically dropped him for the for the first knockdown. But he kind of staggered to to to, to the ground. He did this cheeky grin, as he says, turned around to the camera, sitting on his arse, looking at the camera, and then got up and looked over the camera and spoke to someone at ringside. And then I think it was a right hand that basically dropped him. The way he got up, he was he was staggering, he was tilting over the, over the ring. And to be honest, nowadays, I know there's everything about giving the champion, every respect. We mentioned it about Taylor and Pavlik the other week there. Um, there was a very, very strong case. I think even Glenn McCrory was actually disgusted at the end of the fight, actually. But yeah, that second knockdown should have, should have seen the end of the fight. It reminded me somewhat of uh, Enzo Marconelli's knockout loss to uh, your man Franco. Yeah, Franco, yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of similar. Maybe not quite as bad as McInerney, but, you know, Arthur was all over the place and should not have been allowed to take those follow-up shots. 
And okay. you know, I don't know what John Coyle was thinking. Maybe he was still feeling the uh, after effects of Mike Tyson's punch at uh, Hampton Park uh, those years back. New Savarese, wasn't it? I think that fight. New, New Savarese, yeah, and, and Coyle uh, took a took a shot himself uh, trying to intervene. Do you think Coyle, because it was his last fight, Kurt was maybe just getting a bit caught up in the moment? He knew he was in the middle of something great. Ian Dark himself said, this is one of the greatest fights we've seen in Britain. Everyone was getting into it. Do you think Coyle let the moment get away with him for such an experienced referee? Yeah, maybe. But I think it had more to do with the fact that where the fight was taking place, I think, and the fact that he'd probably seen Arthur firing back and that he had hurt Gomez a couple of times. And because you know the crowd were roaring, I think... It was to Arthur's detriment where the fight took place because the ref, I think, he would have stuck to anywhere else. And I think the fact that Arthur got up so quickly, I think it was more bravado because, you know, his fans were, were, were there. He got knocked down and, you know, more that he, he wanted to get up and show he wasn't hurt, wanted to fight and really could have, like, taken time to maybe. I don't think it would have done him any good, to be honest. But, you know, a fighter has to try and, you know, get as much time as he can and... I just think, you know, the referee, he evoked Steve Smoger, didn't he, by basically saying, I'm not going to stop the fight until you're basically flat on your back and you can't move. And the third knockdown was just, it was pretty brutal, wasn't it? I mean, Gomez just finished it emphatically. And to his credit, Gomez tried to, to fight on until that end knockdown and he just couldn't go on no more. And, you know, just a, a brilliant fight on Sky Sports. And, you know, the crowd, it just shows that, you know, you don't need a massive venue, you know, when the crowd are into it like that, I and mean, when there's no better crowd than the British crowd, and I think that that fight just one of the best atmospheres you'll you'll see in it. I don't think there was that many people there either, but it was sold out and just a great fight all round. It was like it was actually a good two weeks for Sky Sports, right? Because you actually had the Chen Chi fight against Michael Brody yeah. with, uh, ending a draw, and they obviously yeah. had this one, you know. Yeah. Actually, um, even as well as that, Andy, a couple of weeks beforehand, Sky showed a, like a double pay per view. So like like HBO and I think Showtime had a, like a head to head pay per view and Sky actually showed those two pay per views live back to back like so they had Hollyfield Tony and they had uh, I think it was Eric Malice against Goody Espadas Jr. their rematch and they showed that like on free on free TV you know with free you know for Sky subscribers so it was actually a, you know a superb um, you know few weeks for Sky and and for boxing in general because on that undercard of Hollyfield Tony. You had that great up and down thriller between um, both Casamayor and Diego Corrales. Um, the following week, as you mentioned, I think you had Brody Chi, you had Gomez against Arthur, and then I think maybe like the following month, you had Manny Pacquiao against Marco Antonio Barrera. I mean, just you know, incredible run of fights. Even Floyd Mayweather against Philip Endo, probably one of Mayweather's most exciting fights. I mean, just back to back, you know, a very a, an exciting time to be a boxing fan. When will we see your likes again? <laughs> Hold on, is Dave, David suggesting that this week's value Flores is not up to that standard? <laughs> I think he is, wait, I think wait, he is. Wait, wait, we, we let it that out because uh, by the time this goes out, value Flores wouldn't, uh, it will have already taken place. Just to just go back to the fight, actually, Dave, I don't know if, it, or Steve, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this one, but is it, is it true that Michael Gomez is still the only Irish winner of the Lonsdale belt? I have no idea, to be honest, on whether that fact is true or not. I'll look that. I'll ask Jerry Callan about that, actually, from the Daily Irish Daily Star. He knows all facts. I'll get back to you on that one, Andy, but it sounds like a, a good statistic if it isn't. Yeah, so Gomez won the British outright, didn't he? Yeah. Did he win it outright? Because I, I, yeah. I remember Martin Lindsay, I remember him picking up the, the British title. 
but I don't think he won it outright because remember he, he he lost to John Simpson in Belfast. Yeah. Lindsay beat Appleby, then he beat Jamie Arthur, but then in his second defence he lost to Simpson, so he wouldn't have done. I nearly, I nearly positive he won it outright. Because um, like he, he would have won it back in the late 90s, early 2000s first, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think you're right. We've got Gary Thornhill, Dean Pithy, Carl Greaves, Ian McLeod, yeah, uh, Craig Doherty. Numerous defences, yeah, he certainly did. Super featherweight, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, was even, there was even talk of a rematch actually at one point as well. I think, uh, but obviously, uh, verbal barbs going back and forward. And that. I think uh, Gomez said he would fight him for like thirty thousand pounds at one point, and Arthur was obviously, you know, dismissive as he was, and you know, entitled his position basically to stay. You know, he was well. You know, Gomez needs me for a payday. Yeah, it was strange afterwards, wasn't it? Because. He, he kept the British Super Featherweight title. This was 2003. Then he sort of went the WBU route for a few fights. Obviously, we know, Dave, about the fight with Peter McDonough over in Dublin 2006 where he turned his back. The famous Steve Collins quotes that he threw the fight and all this, but yeah. I think Gomez just hadn't got anything left. But it wasn't until 2007 that the British Super Featherweight title resurfaced, not vacant or anything. I can't quite remember back to those times what was going on, but it seems to be four years before he defended it against Carl Johansson. Was it inactive all that time? Can't really remember the time period. Um, it appears I, to what, be. What, was, was Johansson not champion himself at that time? Yeah, because Johansson put the beating down on Burns, didn't he? I'm not sure if the did, Commonwealth yeah. or the British was on the line, but um, <clears throat> I think the point is Gomez's career, it was strange that it went the WBU route, I thought, three out of four for defensive, although back then Sky was showing the WBU title a lot, so I'm assuming Gomez would have got handily paid for that. Before the Javier Alvarez fight, another one where he just looked like he had nothing left and got stopped. Obviously went on to fight Amir Khan, that was just part of building Khan's record, although if I remember correctly, he dropped Khan and gave him a few shaky moments, yeah. but Khan who, came back to stop him. Who didn't he? Even Willie yeah. Lemon dropped Willie him twice. Lemon, Willie Lemon nearly had him out of there. Well, that's Willie, a st- story of another day. Yeah, Willie Lemon dropped him uh, one, uh, twice with the same punch. Remember that? He, he, he got knocked down and he, t- he got up and he took a knee. That's right. Was it was shot Gomez knocked him down with, I think. Remiss- Maybe. Reminiscent of Tyson against Burbick, Willie Lemon, Iron Willow. <laughs> <laughs> but Gomez went till 2009 and eventually got stopped by Ricky Burns and that was the end of his long and exciting career. One of the great servants of, of British boxing, really. And, and as for Arthur... Just bring his record up here, Andy. He went on and actually did okay for himself, yeah. especially in the European title scene. Yeah, I mean, I mean if, if, he, if he speak to Alex about it, actually, I think he would always say, even though he won British, Commonwealth, European and World title honours and stuff, I think he still, to this day, states that the Commonwealth gold medal for Scotland actually was actually his greatest achievement. He still ranks that as his, as his career highlight. Um, I know he... he it basically kind of like it sounds it sounds hard to say this actually you think about how how he's come along but he schooled Ricky Burns um, you know stopped uh, Craig Dorkett in nine rounds which was a pretty it was decent fight if I remember rightly um, I don't know if any of you can actually uh, put me in the picture again as to the situation with his world title victory because I remember he was meant to be facing there was one fighter I forget who it was and he was injured and he picked up the interim title against a Georgian fella the Gogoladze uh, who was who the fighter that was actually the champion, the real champion at that time? That's a good point. So it's something for the listeners to maybe pick up on. But uh, yeah, I mean, as he went on and stuff as well, you know, and, and Nicky Cook, I think that might be on there. Was a Ricky Hart undercard that fight? Um, 
you know, it's probably class as a minor upset and uh, dodgy story, scorecards as well. You know, Terry O'Connor one fifteen, one fourteen, while you got Dave Paris on that one seventeen, one eleven, you know. So I, I basically I, I felt that Cook probably even shaded the first three or four rounds in that fight and uh, you know, it was it was a hard tough fight, but I did think Cook did definitely <coughs> won it, eh? Yeah, couple couple of names actually uh, on the record here. Joanne Guzman, Jorge Barrios. It wasn't one of those two guys, was it, who held the title? Might have been Guzman, mate. No, you mentioned it. Because Guzman, it was just, Guzman was notorious for missing weight, was he not around about that, that time, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah he very, was up and down like a yo-yo. Yeah. Very, very unreliable fighter, wasn't he? I mean, he pulled yeah. out of a couple of Scott Harrison uh, meetings and, of course, Harrison pulled out himself. But, um, yeah, I'm struggling to remember who the real WBO champion was at the time. I think it might have been Guzman, mate. Yeah, yeah. Might might have been Guzman because yeah, as you, as you mentioned, instead uh, Guzman fought Barrios, didn't he? I think it was on the undercard of Barrera Juarez too. But yeah, it would have been around that time period, you're right. Yeah. So all in all, guys, just wrapping this one up, I suppose uh, there's nothing to be to, more to be said, Kurt. I suppose in final comments than absolutely fantastic fights. Both guys went off and did their thing afterwards. Arthur probably had the better career, as was expected, but. Gomez will forever be that first blip on his record, and what what a blip it was, really, in hindsight. Yeah, a great a great win, and you know, one last you know, great win for a Fadi fighter who was considered you know done by by a lot of guys, and he, you know, I, th- I think there's nothing better than coming in for a fighter who's considered well past his best, who's there just to basically prop up a guy's record of his name and upset the other cart, and you know, and from that win can go on and get a few more paydays, which someone like. Gomez deserved because he was a guy who, you know, we've always mentioned had a hard life and put it all on the line in every fight. And um, there should have been a rematch. You know, I know Arthur, you know, you know, was the big I am, and you know, oh, I don't need him. But there should have been a rematch because you know that when when there's a great fight like that and the guy gets upset, I think there should always be a rematch. You know, if it's a stinker, fair enough. But who wouldn't want to see that again? It only lasted five rounds, but you know, it's one you can, you can watch back many times and enjoy because. You know, the crowd are into it, the commentators are into it, the two fighters putting everything on the line. And, you know, you know, for, for most of the, the fight, there, there wasn't great technique, but it was just two guys in the trenches fighting. And sometimes it's just great to watch that. Andy, I think some of the great fights through the years, especially watching them live at the time, they bring out all the emotions in you. And I seem to remember myself back at the time really enjoying the fact that Gomez was beating Arthur. I can't think now, having watched so many fights since, why I didn't like Arthur. A lot of people didn't seem to like him at the time. Maybe he was a little bit brash, a little bit rash. But as I said during the discussion, he put, he put his balls on the line in this fight. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, as I said, I think the fight, you could, well, there was a case, possible an argument that the fight could be stopped in three, uh, round three. Uh, it did show his balls, but it, just, it was just, there was no defence. just couldn't defend against the left hook. Um, as, as I did mention at the start, you know, I think Arthur would actually even... Uh, mention this, that he probably just, he was just too cocky, just far, far too uh, cocksure of himself, you know, 16-0, 14 knockouts, you know, he was really on the on the cusp of fighting for a world title, just roughly around about this point, you could think, and it, it, it snatched away from him. Um, see, I, I don't really know Arthur all that well, I've heard some comments from about some gyms and stuff like that about him, but uh, as I say, it's, it's, you know, you, take, you take some some of the comments you hear in the gym by, by kind of grain of salt, because obviously, words can be had, um, you know, it might have been a sparring session, it might have got out of hand or whatever and that, and it's just, you know, a bit of bad blood or whatever, so uh, I'll probably just leave it at that. 
And Dave, uh, Gomez, quite the character, out of the ring, erratic, on the booze at times. Wasn't always at his full potential. We've seen him turn away in fights and quit, but and this time, this was really the pinnacle of his career. Everything went right for him on this night. He was in great shape, got the strategy right, got the tactics right. Yeah, this was the best of Gomez. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a bittersweet because, as you said, it, this probably was the pinnacle of his career. It's probably his best win. But it's also his last hurrah, isn't it? You know, it's the last time we see we kind of saw Gomez at his best. And I think it's kind of sad as well because this was the one fight, I think, where Gomez really put his body through the paces in training. You know, he, he, he did everything right. Gomez as well got his diet right. Um, got his, you know, lived the life. Didn't he cut out the booze and cut out the bad eating and really lived the life as a pro. He never really did that throughout his career. And you you just think, what if, you know, what if, what if Gomez lived the life as a pro early on in his career? You know, what what would have um what would have become of him? So it's kind of sad in that sense. But look, this is a fight, as we always say, to look back on uh, fondly. And if anyone hasn't checked it out, you know, please do. It's it's arguably one of the best British fights ever contested. Well said, Dave. We always say this at the end of every fight, but I suppose the point of punches from the past is go back and watch the fight, or if you haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube. It's out there, and then listen back, because it really is a, a fantastic fight. Thanks every, uh, very much for listening, guys. Don't forget to check out the previous episodes. And uh, coming up next week, the final episode in the uh, first series of punches from the past. I'm not going to say too much, but all I'm going to say is that controversy reigns, so don't forget to tune in for that one. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support, everybody. We'll speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.